Ingrid had tried to plait her own hair, but she could feel that it had taken off at an odd angle, the black tail hanging beneath her armpit. She went onto the veranda, where Nora was twisting her sister's hair into two fine ropes that circled her crown. She was joining it at the nape of her neck to hold the rest of her hair back, which had been brushed straight and golden down to her hips. I thought she'd have something more natural, said Frau Hoffmann uncertainly. That's certainly the fashion back home. It will fill with dust, Frau Hoffmann, Nora said. The wind will blow it into a nest. It's too fine. Ingrid held out her hand, touched her sister's hair and said, Can I go next? Nora can do your hair another time when you're visiting the von Ketzes, said Frau Hoffmann. Am I not visiting the von Ketzes, said Ingrid. Why am I not? Her mother moved her out of the way and knelt by Margarita's side to pin a brooch on her, a glittering blue sprig of enamel forget-me-nots with yellow quartzes in their centres. Where's my brooch? said Ingrid, her plaits abandoned and tears running down her face. Margarita, she said. Oh, little fly, said Margarita. I'm just going to keep the Baroness company. Why does she want your company? She only has men there. We'll talk about women's things, I suppose. You'll learn to behave in society, Frau Hoffmann said. What about me? What about me in society? I'll learn to be more like a lady. You have your French and English with Hans, so it's right that I should learn something too. You'll go soon enough when you're more grown up, like me, and I'll tell you all about it when I'm back. Margarita stood. She was wearing a new dress that Ingrid hadn't seen before. It was white, and instead of stopping at her bare knees, it dropped down to her stockinged calves. She reached out her hands for Ingrid, and Ingrid took them both. Her mother pulled at the shoulders of Margarita's dress, and Nora, with a pin and needle held between her lips, began to repair the hem at the back. Your dress is very pretty, said Ingrid between shuddering breaths as her tears dried. Mummy brought it especially for the visit. Ingrid looked to her mother for confirmation of this betrayal, but Frau Hoffmann didn't comment. She dipped a handkerchief into a ewer on the card table and carefully worked at Margarita's face, extracting the dirt she had missed in her morning wash. Hans came onto the veranda from the house, his hair damp and combed. Is everyone going? Ingrid said. I'm going on a horse, Margarita said. Hans will ride over with me until I've learned to ride on my own. This was the final injustice. Ingrid pulled her hands out of her sister's and fled inside, where she threw herself weeping onto her bed. No one came for her, so when her tears had dried for the second time, she stayed in her room and read two chapters of the Swiss family Robinson in the hope that her absence might be felt more keenly. Eventually, Pina found her and licked her bare ankle. She pulled it away and the dog left the room. Ingrid got up and followed her to the veranda. Hans was there and Pina dropped to the floor at his feet. He had laid four rifles out across the wooden boards and was cleaning a fifth with a soft cloth and oil from a tin bottle that Ingrid didn't like the smell of. Did you not go? she said hopefully. I've been and come back, Fräulein Ingrid, he said. Did you leave her there? Yes, he said, and looked away from her as if the criticism pricked. She bit her lip to stop herself from crying again, because her head already hurt from it. 
Will she be there all day? Not all day, he said, and the concern in his voice tallied with her own sadness, so she felt he had understood. Her parents were always preoccupied with the farm, so Ingrid spent the day distracting herself with Pina, exploring the thorn bushes beyond the garden and a young baobab tree that Nora had told her to look at if she was bored. It was like a tree in a child's drawing, with stubby branches up high, covered in dark green leaves. She didn't think it was so very interesting, except for its barrel chest, which she gripped and pressed her ear against, wondering if the sound of flowing liquid was the sap of the tree or the blood in her own head. Beyond the gum trees, an African boy she didn't know was chasing a wild cow. Outside the fence, she often saw Africans with goats and cows, usually Herero, their presence regulated and approved.